welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, guys, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. Tonight, it's Anthony's pick, and we're doing yeah, Bon baby. Jovi's New Jersey from 1988. <laughs> All right, guys, are y'all ready to do this tonight? I'm ready. How about you, Anthony? Do you have a tagline for the evening? I was going to say, let's get wild in the streets. <laughs> wild in the streets. Or okay. I was going to say, they call it living in sin. We call it podcasting. Ah, I like that. I like that one better. I think. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the winner for tonight. Good job. Good job. All right. So um, I think we uh, we get this back. Let's get this ball rolling, kids. Anthony, I believe we're going to let you go first. So Chris, how about you give us a little taste of the first track? Lay your hands on me. Oh my God. All right, Anthony, what are your thoughts of Lay Your Hands On Me? Yeah, man, it's a great song. It's a great lead-in song. Uh, great guitar solo as well. Richie Sambor, you know, he's killing on that guitar. Great chorus too, man. Lots of greats. Um, but it's a pretty pretty cool song to see live. I'm dropping a 10 on this bad boy. I think it's iconic. Um, it's number nine all time with 830 plays. So that to me, top 10 it probably is iconic. And... I've got a really cool fact here, too, I pulled up, which I don't know if you guys know about or not, but Dolly Parton actually covered this song as a gospel tune on her 2014 studio album, Blue Smoke. It's actually really good. I've heard it. Um, She said, I called John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora personally, and the three of us got together. They gave me their thoughts, and it was going to be a big surprise to everyone. I heard it years ago, and I thought that it sounded so gospel. And she added in Entertainment Weekly, I always loved the song, but the first time I heard it, because I grew up in a Pentecostal church where people believed in healing hands and laying your hands on someone, I just thought, wow, that would make a fantastic gospel song. John wrote a real nice note that he loved the way it turned out. So it's pretty cool. It's actually really cool if you guys get a chance. Uh, um, I actually like it a lot myself. So, but That is, I did not know that. And I can see. I, I had no yeah, idea. I can see that. I, mean, it's, I can it, see where you get that lay your hands on it's, me. From a, it's mm-hmm. all gospel too. I mean, they really did change it. It could easily play in church right now. So, so anyways, cool, yeah, it's, it's, it's a 10 in my mind. So, All right. Well, with that being said, I'm going to say that the long intro is honestly my only complaint on this song. I mean, I've always enjoyed this tune. I think it's easy to rock out to. And um, it, it's basically a Bon Jovi anthem in my opinion. And now what you're telling me it's, it's, it's a top 10 played song live. I was at 9.5. Anthony, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 10 because yeah. I feel like it, it would be iconic. I agree with you. When you were top 10 
this is absolutely going to fall on iconic status in, in Bon Jovi world. And I'll support that decision to go to 10. How about that? Chris, what are your thoughts <laughs> of lay your hands on me? Well, I agree with you, Jimmy. I, I did think the intro was a little long, not too bad. I mean, but, but you know, that part where he's like, check this out right before they like start the, <laughs> actually start this song is a little self-indulgent, but Hey man, John Bon Jovi does self-indulgent. That's just the way it is. You, you're getting that when you get him. So that said, yeah, the song rocks, uh, very singable chorus, you know, a lot of fist pumps going on when you're singing this oh, song. Yeah. Um, uh, I think everybody in our age range knows this song as far as that goes. I think it's an easy 10 as well. I believe it's iconic. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, that right there will bring us to our second track on this record. It's called Bad Medicine. Chris, a little listen. Anthony, what are your thoughts of Bad Medicine? Yeah, it's got another great lead in. And after that, we are once again rolling along with that awesome Bon Jovi sound. I mean, I love how the song flows. Drums, guitars, all are on point. Also, the way it closes when John comes back with, I'm not done. Wait a minute. That part there is pretty cool, too. Man. I'm digging that, too. I love that, man. I enjoy it. I'm, you guys probably don't, of course. But, uh, Cheese uh, factor of 10. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Can't get enough of it. I, it works, man. This is number four for them all time, too, with yeah, 1,287 yeah, plays. I was surprised so. when I saw that. This is not yeah. their fourth best song. I'm sorry. It's just not. But I was, I was surprised a rocking when I saw song, that. Dude. And yeah. a couple of quick facts from Song Facts on this one. Um, this song was the third number one that John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambor wrote with Desmond Child. Um, the trio also penned You Give Love a Bad Name and Living on a Prayer. And a fun fact the song was featured in the 2001 film Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in the scene where Jason <laughs> Mew's character Jay first sees Justice, played by Shannon Elizabeth, and fantasizes about her. That's a really funny scene, too. I remember that scene. So. Yeah, but that, I'm going to drop a 10 on this one, man. This is... Who doesn't know this song? This is a big one for him. So yeah, well, Anthony, I'll, I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> this is the first time I've ever heard this song this week. Well, yeah, you know, never sometimes. listened. <laughs> you never know. God, who are we kidding, man? I tell you what, uh, I know the importance of this song. This is the first release after the massively successful "Slippery When Wet." They had to come out all punches pulled. I mean, they had to throw down. Although I don't think this is the best song on this record, it's a pretty good first release. So I will support that decision. I enjoy the guitar work of Richie Sambor on this one. It's got that, like you said, it's got that Bon Jovi sound. I do believe it's iconic. And knowing what you just said, I'm glad I went with the 10 on this one because it's a <laughs> staple. It's one of the few songs that I, I do enjoy by Bon Jovi. So it's a 10 on my end. Chris, what do you think about Bad Medicine? Yeah, I did a little, uh, did a little Anthony detective work as well when I was reviewing this <laughs> album and I saw some concert plays and, I have to admit, I was surprised this was their fourth highest play. Because, yeah, listen, it, guys, there's some great songs. Honestly, I, listen, this is a, I'm giving this a 10. It is iconic. It's probably my least favorite iconic song by them. Uh, I, I just feel it's a little, I don't know, I don't even understand the chord. What does it even mean? Your love is like bad medicine. Bad medicine is what I need. It, do you guys even know what that means? It doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's just a but play it, on words. I think it's, it's a, a play on words as well. It's a rock anthem. I know it was a big hit. I guess it was their first single off this album. So they they marketed the hell out of this song. And yeah, it's an easy 10. 
But it's not my favorite. I mean, I'm giving it a 10, but it's definitely not my favorite. Not even close to my favorite song on this album. So, If you think about it, maybe bad medicine means that she's just bad for him, but he can't get yeah. enough of her, you know. Like it's a toxic just, relationship, I guess. It's toxic, yeah. You know, there, yeah. She's, or, or it's a venereal disease. One or the other. It could be. <laughs> Good this thing. was the 80s. It was Bon Jovi. So. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that uh, antibiotic cleared that up. I don't know. Well, I'm <laughs> sure penicillin does miracles. I hope that was some good medicine instead of bad medicine. So. Yeah, no kidding. All right, let's go to track number three. It's called Born to Be My Baby. What do you think about Born to Be My Baby? Man, it, it's a smooth song from start to finish. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about it. It just works. I love the way it ebbs and flows from fast to slow throughout. It's uh, it's another 10 for me, man. This is number six all time with 1,123 plays. I think it kind of backs up that iconic status. And a couple of cool little facts on this one. This was originally recorded acoustically. However, the producer, Bruce Fairburn, persuaded them to re-record it with electronic instruments and her harder rock style. John Bajovi has since said that he believed the song would have made it to number one on the charts if it had been released in its original form. I thought that was kind of interesting. And in the video, the lady that John Bon Jovi hugs about halfway through when she comes to the studio is Dorothea, who eventually became his wife. So I thought that was oh, kind really? of a cool effect too. Yeah, I need to go back and watch that video so I can see see that. But yeah. yeah. All right, man. Fantastic. So, so you're dropping a you dropping a ten on this one too? Yeah, I think so, man. I, I number six all the time. I know this song pretty well, man. It's you know. All right. So. Well, you know what? That's fair enough. I mean, I I do like this song. I think it's a great rocker. I think it's a great follow up to Bad Medicine. But the only thing this is where I start hearing rehash of previous Bon Jovi material. <laughs> the riff from "You Give Love a Bad Name" is in the song all over it. They basically so? just. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? I don't hear it. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? It's in there. It's in there, dude. It's in there. Trust me. <laughs> Prego. It's in there. Oh my God! But it's still a good song. I still think it's a great song. I think it's somewhere between great and excellent. I gave it an eight and a half. Not even knowing what the plays are, and I'm not going to change my mind on it because I do think they rehashed some riffing on this. But I still think it's a great tune, and I'm at an eight and a half. Chris, what are your thoughts of "Born to Be My Baby"? First off, I really wanted to get that intro, that two, three, four, the way it kicks in, you know, but it was going to be like a, a pretty long clip if I if I got that, and I wanted to get the chorus all the way through too, so apologize if you were, I kind of, like, I felt like that should start that song when you hear it, but it is what it is. I, I really enjoyed the, the kind of the symphony style that, that you know, they, they almost had like some orchestra kind of instruments kind of mixed into this song. I thought, thought that was cool. It's a very catchy chorus. Uh, very good guitar solo. I prefer it to Bad Medicine. I feel like it should have been the first hit off of this album, quite honestly, first release. Uh, I didn't give it a 10. I gave it a 9.5. Uh, I, I was I was debating a 10 on this one because yeah. I think a lot of people know this song, too. Oh, my God. I don't think it was quite the bad. hit. Well, I don't think it was quite the hit that, that some other songs by them right. was, so that's the reason I didn't give it a 10. But I love it. It's It's a really good song. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. Fair enough. You know, I um, maybe I hit it low, but I mean, I do like the song. I just, I think the only thing that stands back on it is simply because it sounds like it's a rehashed riff. But nonetheless, (laughs) let's move on. Track number four. It's called "Living in Sin." Chris, a little listen.
Okay. Anthony, living in sin. I'm pretty sure I know where this is going to go. Ballot boy is going to feel about this one. Um, I'm going to make a prediction, bold (laughs) prediction here. It's going to be a one and a zero. But nonetheless, this this is the way he's giving us a time. What do you you think about living in sin, sir? Uh, You know, I mean, what do you think, man? I love ballots like this. They're just amazing. I mean, it's sort of a ballot, sort of mid-tempo rocker, actually. But I just love everything about it. I'm not even going to go into my notes, man. You know, you guys know how I feel about ballots. This is the kind of ballots I really like right here, man. And great ballot sounds great. John sounds great. Just awesome. Um, I'm going to give it a, uh, I give it a nine on this one. So there's another ballot on here. It gets a little higher, but uh, yeah. That is not a true oh, yeah. statement. Yeah. You read <laughs> your real ballots. notes. You read your real notes. I know it's a 10. <laughs> okay. It may, read my real notes. Just... My notes go like this. Any question what Ballot Boy is going to say about this song? It's a great ballot from start to finish. It's everything I love from my ballots or mid-tempo rockers, kind of both. Love everything about it. And I won't drop a 10 on it, even though I want to, but it's an easy nine. Everything works. And unfortunately, it's barely seen the concert stage. It's 50th all time with 131 plays. And that is wrong, 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 wrong. On so many levels. <laughs> I'm glad you told me that little spot of information, and I it's, will utilize that to my right. advantage shortly. But if someone has <laughs> headphones on when uh, he sings Living in Sin, you can hear Richie Sambora come in on your right ear and right after that, too. Oh, it's yeah. pretty neat. So you have to listen for that. So I caught that this week. But uh, it's a great song, man. They call it Living in Sin, but, you know, hey, whatever. Go All right. It. So before I go through with mine, I want you guys to think about the beat of this song, the rhythm of this song, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you what. I did like this song the first time I heard it when George Michael sang Father Figure. Yes. Oh, man, it's so, in my notes. Father Figure. Oh, I Jimmy. will say this, and you're welcome, Chris. You're welcome, <laughs> Chris. It, man. Bon Jovi did a pretty uh, decent cover of this song. They did change the lyrics a little bit, but um, no, in all seriousness, it's it's I, perfectly it's a perfectly good song as far as believe George Michael's that, work. <laughs> I actually, Jim, you say one. that I've heard that they were listening to a lot of that album during the recording of this session, that George Man. Michael album. So maybe some of that bled over. Oh yeah, definitely, it. dude. This is completely and utterly influenced by that rhythm tone throughout Father Figure. I feel like Ain't I'm going to review that. Father Figure for you. As I, I was listening to that, you saw that, that man. <laughs> No, man, I, um, I'm not sure if that was the intention. Anthony, what you're telling me leads me to believe this might be the intention because Father Figure was a massive hit for George Lynch, or George Lynch, George Michael. <laughs> not George Lynch. George Lynch did not write the song. I repeat, George Lynch did not write that song. Nonetheless, um, I, think it's a, it's a, I think it's a very good song. It, borderline great. It didn't snap with me like the other song on this record does. Um, I think it's... It's a good song, even taking away the George Michael aspect. I gave it a seven and a half, somewhere oh, between on. very good and great. Hey, a little higher. That's for higher those listening at home, give it, higher, higher, dude. Higher. I I'm telling you, seven and a half is somewhere between <laughs> very good and great. It's very mm. good, Anthony. <laughs> now that's living in sin, right there. At seven point, that certainly is. That's what I do. All right, Christopher, what are your thoughts? Man, you stole my thunder, man. I, I had that. My first thing I was going to say: this sounds just like Father Figure from George Michael. Okay, well, so here's a little joke I wrote down. Uh, <laughs> I've got to ask you guys, have y'all ever been to, uh, there's a fondue restaurant. It's a chain restaurant called The Melting Pot. Have oh, you guys yeah, ever eaten one, one of those here. places? Never been there. Yeah. Anthony, you've never been Familiar, there? Familiar. Yeah, I've been a few times. Okay, so so this place has, this song has more cheese than that than all those restaurants combined <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a healthy amount of cheese, man. Keep the old There's a lot of cheese. Going. All jokes aside, it's a good song, man. It's a, it's got a good chorus. Um, that <laughs> I had to pull that clip when he's like, "Your daddy don't approve, but I don't need your daddy telling us what we should do." Does that remind you? I mean, like all, we all have daughters. For people who are listening that don't know, I'm just thinking like back when I heard that song originally, I probably <laughs> thought that was funny. Now I'm like, all right, I'm gonna show up with a 12 gauge shotgun at some boy's house if he tells that to my daughter. <laughs> Yeah, I give it. I actually Facts. gave it the same score Jimmy gave it. I gave it seven and a half. Oh. I think. I think it's between very good and great. Anthony, that's between very good and great. Nah, so I mean, you guys suck. I'll take that. I will take that. You guys suck. You guys are living in sin over there. I will take that. The seven the and a half one. is still a good rating. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. All right. All right. That brings us up to track number five. It's called Blood on Blood. Chris, a little taste. 
my favorite part right here. I love it. <laughs> starts to get ripped up and you turn it off out there you all right all right anthony what are your thoughts of blood on blood so it was 30 bucks to make her make a man right uh, i think there were four of them maybe yeah, there was four of them so there it was i got a discount uh, there was timmy and danny and i don't know like they all and just bobby with a y right i'm, I'm hoping <laughs> it was like one went in the room then the other one came out one went in there over like all at one time man <laughs> I don't know. Cause that's some true white trash right there. If that's the way it is, man. I'm telling, I'm telling you what. So I'm hoping. So, anyways, I was just thinking about this. I mean, come on, come on. There's come an on, audience girl. watching. People clapping. <laughs> Nicely finished. <laughs> All Golf right, claps gotta, from across the room. We gotta move this along. This is getting blue fast here, fellas. Uh, okay. okay, I'll go All back right, to then. my notes and get go back ahead, on get back on the tracks. Um. I wrote that there are times when Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi cross paths. Songs like this are a good example of that. I could easily see Bruce singing this one as well as Bon Jovi. Um, I love the story this song tells, all about growing up, being a young teen, and all the hijinks they get involved in. We were all there. We know what that's about, um, except for the white trash part. None of us had anything <laughs> to do with that. So, um, And the song itself is a rocker. I love how it ebbs and flows. I love that transition around the 345 mark with that massive drum solo that drops down this song to a ballad where John talks about what they became when they grew up. That was pretty cool. Then it builds back up again. You know, so good. I'm dropping a 9.5 on this one, guys. I really like this. And this is one of my favorite Bon Jovi songs. And number 12 all time, 766 plays. Kind of low for me, but uh, almost in the top 10. But yeah, man, it's... uh, it's a great song. I love this song. Wow. You, you know what? I didn't realize I'd played this one. You know what's sad is here I'm hearing this. I'm thinking this is probably a sleeper hit. And um, the whole time they've been playing it rocking. If it's top 12, my God. So this yeah. is how I've got, guys. Listening to this tune, it reminds me of our teenage years, guys. I mean, obviously it takes me back. Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes me think about the fun I had. This song is just rocking all the way through. And, and I always and I find it weird how Bon Jovi typically can bring a character into a song Right, and they're typically the Bobby, the Johnny, the Tommy, whatever <laughs> people working on docks. These guys are working on a hooker. Yeah. I mean, let's <laughs> <laughs> they're working hard on that hooker, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, that is a uh, that's a force I don't want to know anything about. But nonetheless, <laughs> I I originally gave this an eight and a half. <laughs> oh, we're just turning oh into juveniles God. now, aren't we? Hey. But I am gonna. I'm gonna. This is probably my favorite song on this record. All joking yeah. aside, I love this song. I'm gonna move mine up to a nine because I think it's excellent. I think it it's is. a sleeper on this record, and it's surrounded by the radio hits. And I understand that. But man, this song is so good. And I guess it may be nostalgia talking, but I don't care. I'm gonna change mine to a nine right now. It's a nine. Chris, what do you think about Blood on Blood? Well, I agree with you guys. It is my favorite song on this album. That's the first thing I wrote down. I love this song. Always have since the moment I. I I owned this album. This was always one of my favorite songs on it. And it's really got a coming-of-age uh, vibe right. in their music. And honestly, I think that's when Bon Jovi's at their best, when they're doing these coming-of-age stories that they do in these songs. It's almost like a Cameron Crowe movie come to life or something. Exactly. I mean, that's, that, that guy specializes in that genre, and it's just like Bon Jovi. They must be big fans of each other. I don't know. Uh, I wrote here, this one definitely passes a crank test. I would crank this anywhere I'm driving. And and I got to give Richie Sambora credit here. His background vocals are fantastic. I think he may be one of the best background vocalists that we've listened to since this podcast started. 
I mean, he's, he he really does. He he brings it every time. I mean, just think like Wanted Dead or Alive is some of the background vocals that guy does. And, and this song's no exception. It's fantastic the way he does that. I give it a nine and a half as well. I, I yeah, Like I said, it's my favorite yeah, song on this album. Yeah. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's, and I know that's I brought awesome. I brought the, the hijinks when I pl- pulled that <laughs> clip. <laughs> this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in their music. I had to play it. So. That's just the way it was back in the day. Man, man. Yeah, that yeah, wouldn't happen these was. days. But back then, that's Lyrically, the that was happened. them. You know what I mean? All right, guys. Now it's time for track number six, Homebound Train. Chris, a little listen for that one. think about homebound train yeah you know i love that little train and bluesy sounding intro that leads it in and closes it man it's pretty cool uh it's a solid song from start to finish uh, you know fun at times funky gets the body moving getting us some points for that uh love the guitar the guitar the harmonica keyboard solo in the middle of it pretty good stuff um that little there's a little break dinner too that drops with a nice little bass guitar too I'm digging all that. I dropped an 8.5 on it, man. I'm, I like this one a lot. So not as high as some of the other ones, but uh, it's a good one. So 8.5. All right, man. Well, this is how I, I'm going to start mine off with a positive note. It's a very good riff at the beginning of this. I like kind of, I like how the drums and the guitar melding together. The negative is what starts next. <laughs> Song just simply doesn't grab me. Lyrically, I think it's uh, not not catchy to me at all. Um, I'm not saying really? it's it's bad, but it's just not that good as the other songs on this record. And um, man, and you can tell throughout this song, there's been a ton of guitars overdub, which normally I love it, but I, I can tell that they were looking for something a little bit different in this one. Solo's very good, and honestly, that may be the saving point in the song for me. I think it's somewhere between good and very good. I gave it a six and a half. Chris, what are your thoughts of Homebound Train? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you guys, man, there was a, a group that stood out to me when I heard this song. It's Poison. Reminds me a lot of, of I said it feels like a B-side off of Open Up and Say Ah to me. It really, really does. I still hear that. It sounds really His good enunciation me, even. It's like, he, yeah, like over, it, he's uh, enunci- over-enunciating words on this song like Brick Michaels does. Huh. And there's a harmonica in there at some point. I mean, it's it does rock. I mean, the the part I pulled. I mean, it's a rocking song, but I just don't care for the vocals at all in this song. Uh, right. It's not my lowest score of the night, but it's close. So I gave it a six. Really? Oh wow! I don't. Okay. I don't hear a six. Yeah. In that one. I don't hear that. I don't hear it. Well, that's well, good. Good. I mean, that's good. It's still yeah. good song. It's just not. It's not outstanding. It's not stand out. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. Anthony, you got to realize we just come off a bunch of humdingers. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? I think yeah. this so, is still a strong song, but that's me personally, man. Right on. Right on. I think Bon Jovi well, sounds like <clears throat> a stud most of the time, so I like the way he sounds. So he's no, a stubbly no, he's, man, no doubt about it. He certainly has <laughs> got a lot of hair on his chest. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. Kip Winger. But nonetheless, let's get to track number seven. Wild is the wind, Chris.
All right. Anthony, what do you think about Wild as the Wind? You know, for some reason, I was getting this image in my head right now of riding a horse under western skies while I heard this song. I don't know why, man. <laughs> it was running through my head. I didn't think about that the first time I heard it, but I could just see this horse and somebody riding it. I don't know why, but uh, I guess I'm tired. But uh, I wrote that it a uh, beautiful guitar at the start of this one. And after that guitar, we get a nice, solid mid-tempo rocker with a bit of edge. A great chorus, very catchy. I really like it. It's another 8.5 for me, guys. I like this one a lot, too. So, uh, you know, that's where I let it stand on this I one. know. So. Fair enough, man. So, you know, <clears throat> the way I saw this one, I think the opening is outstanding. And this is why. The opening sounds like they are trying to pay some respects to EVH with a little harmonic yeah, tapping. I could hear that. As well yeah, as yeah. the opening riff for the song Roundabout by Yes from way back in 71 or something. So that acoustic opening really stands out a lot to me. Um, I think it's got a great rhythm, great harmony. Solo's okay. Um, you know, Bon Jovi's doing his thing. Vocally, he's always going to have his his powerful vocals there. Um, I think that um, it's not bad by no means. I think it's somewhere between uh, very good and great. I gave this one a seven and a half. Chris, what do you think about it? That's a, that's a pretty good score on that one. I, I, I was This is somewhere kind of between a ballad and a mid-tempo rocker. I wasn't quite right. sure at times what it was. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good song. I mean, it's it's not one I have strong feelings about one way or the other, to be honest. It's pretty middle of the road for me. Uh, I gave it a, a seven. Uh, that may be, I don't know. It's, that's very good. I think that's fair. It's uh, Right. Again, it, it it was a pretty good song. I mean, this is a, kind of a long album. we got 12 songs on here. I'm starting to get well, a little fatigue at this two point. Two of them should but, be uh, dropped, but. Uh, well, I would agree with that. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely two that could, yeah. could you know, bypass making B-sides or something. Yeah. Well, cool, man. All right, now this is going to move us up to, um, I guess you can call it a song, Ride, Cowboy, Ride. Go ahead, Chris. Give us a little taste of that one, I guess. So I want to throw a little caveat out there. You guys know how this song sounds on the album. I, I grabbed the best I could and tried to boost it so you could actually hear it. But, you, I mean, you know how it sounds. So here we go. Just don't seem too impressed over there. <laughs> you can nah. probably go ahead and kill it if you want to. It's cool. no, Anthony, what do you think about Ride, Cowboy Ride? I, I was having something funny run through my head, but I don't know how to put it into words, so I probably won't say anything about it. But uh, I'm going to make you laugh. Let, let's don't hear, you worry. Let's don't hear, you, let, you worry. What do you got run through your head? <laughs> well, I was just thinking that, you know, they, that White Trash Horror and a few songs before, were they singing this song to each other when they were on? While they were doing, doing their thing. Cowboy riding, riding. Yeah. Ride, cowboy ride. Back door to heaven, so to so so. Anyway, yeah, you oh should have left God. that one. You should exactly. Ignore our advice was, on that. <laughs> explicit Note reading on this to one. edit. <laughs> yep, just to get in the E tag. Oh, so, my God. Anyway, that's why I was laughing a minute ago. I, kept, I could just see that in my head, but... Uh, um, honestly, I wrote it's a good lead into the next song, but you don't really need it. I'm dropping a six on it. It's okay. It works for what it is. But how many times has this been featured in concert? You guys will take a guess. One. <laughs> Not many. I'd be 128 guess. times. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's 53rd all time in concert for them. So it must be some kind of little ditty they do in the middle of the the, the concert maybe him and richie do a little ah you know what i bet it is like the acoustic yeah, thing they acoustic used to do thing. between one so that and probably look, works pretty good i would think yeah. i'd like to see that 
but it doesn't really work for me that much here. So I gave it a right. six. Hey, fair enough, man. All right, so you know what? Anthony, we're basically on the same page. Uh, you know, is this an intro? Is this a song? That's my first question I had here. Exactly. I will say this. Had this been in hi-fi, you could really enjoy the vocal lines of Richie and John because they mix so well together. Um, however, when they wrote this, I'm not sure what they were thinking, but they certainly did not conjure the magic that they did when they wrote Wanted Dead or Alive. And that's exactly. what I want to hear when I hear these two guys do an acoustic song, to be honest with you. The song is nice, Acoustic Adventure, but I think it's an ultimate fail in this record. It's a five in my book. It's a meh. I'd skip this one, uh, and I would not seek this one out. Chris, what do you think about Ride, Cowboy Ride? I actually have a, a differing opinion from you guys. I think it's actually potentially a great song. I, I think yeah, I if you just – it, it's the sound quality. I don't know what they were doing with that. Like you said, if it's the thing we're in hi-fi – I don't know why it's not. I, I mean, I really think, because, yeah, it's like acoustic, and it's John and Richie doing their thing, and, and they harmonize well together. I think <laughs> you guys are going to laugh at the score I gave this <laughs> because it's a lot higher than you guys did. But I think if, if you take the, the poor sound quality out of it, I gave it a 9. I think it's excellent. I really do. I think if you just take it for face value, and if you hear these guys <laughs> pull out two acoustic guitars in concert, allow me, this Anthony. Song. Allow me, <laughs> go Anthony. Ahead. Go ahead and kill it. <laughs> if, if, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, I know, it'd be Christmas I know. every day. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That is not how the song was recorded, I, and I you can, are absolutely but, dedicated but are we, to I mean, something. Oh, my gosh. It's, I, you know what, Chris? It's just it poor is your sound opinion. quality is all I, it is, man. I mean, I, will, I, I give you that. And it's a very sound, catchy chorus, by the it way. Is it is. I can catchy. sing that thing all the way through. I really can. And yeah, because it's only like a minute and a half. <laughs> I played the whole song, if you didn't notice. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did notice. I was <laughs> patiently trying to get through <laughs> Wait, when that. When is this going to end? <laughs> I can hear. I can, like I, I said, if I heard those two guys doing an acoustic in concert, I'd probably really be in. Yeah, I'd be clapping along. Because it's a good song, as it will. Yeah, it's, it's just, a good it's song. It's just the poor just, sound quality. The way it sounds on this one is not very good. So, yeah. The representation of Chris does not represent the rest of the audience. <laughs> Sorry, <guys. laughs> I'm just kidding, Chris. Dude, I'm glad I, you hey, dug it. How hey, many times? How listen, many plays man. did they have, Anthony? There's some fans out there that agree with me. 128 this, times, man. It's 53rd well, all so. time. So, if I heard it live, it might be a different story. I did not hear it live. I heard it through apparently somebody's butt. I mean, that's yeah, just and what I really, it sounds like. I really had to boost that sound to make it sound that good. So, I don't yes, know. that is the sound of a microphone up somebody's <laughs> anus. All right, here we go. Let's get the track number nine and get the heck out of this one. All right, it's called Stick to Your Guns. Chris, a little taste of this. What do you think about stick to your guns? Yeah, yeah, I like the way this one grooves. It uh, has a nice ebb and flow throughout. Um, heavy and light, solid chorus. I'm dropping an eight on it. Um, you know, I'm I'm digging it, man. So it's pretty good, man. I honestly might should have gone a little bit higher. I really like that little clip sound it tonight. So, but I'll give it an eight. Ah, yeah, I think you're right in the in the right ballpark. I, I like the prominent bass and the uh, and it's the guitar just kind of the acoustic breakdown going through this song. It doesn't quite grab me, but I do I do appreciate the song to an extent. I don't think it's great. I think it's somewhere between good and very good. Um, it did sound a little uninspired to me, but you know I'm a sucker for good guitar. 
<laughs> I originally had this at a six. I'm bouncing this to a six and a half. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure Rod Cowboy Rod was supposed to be the intro to this. I mean, it kind of bled into this song. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's pretty good. It's like, I don't know. I, like, I definitely think it kind of has a one and did or a lot vibe to it, except it's not that good. Uh, it, it's kind of, <laughs> But I do think they kind of molded it after that song, if you will. Uh, so I look, there's a pretty good guitar solo in this one, but it does just kind of have like a generic feel to it. So I... I uh, still, it's a good song. I I gave it a six and a half as well, Jimmy. I mean, oh wow, okay. That's where I'm on this. Yeah, I feel like we're on the same island. That's okay. All right, now let's get up to the next track. It's number ten. I'll be there for you, Chris. A little listen. The sing-along has begun. Anthony, what do you think about I'll Be There For You? I mean, come on. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm assuming this isn't the song from The Friends, right? Um, yeah. Yes, exactly. Ballad Boy. Ballad Boy. Let's hear it. Uh, I mean, that's what I wrote. Seriously, do you think Ballad Boy is going to say anything <laughs> negative about this song? Yes. Yes, this I do. Is an amazing ballad from start to finish. One of the best all time. One of the best to come out of the 80s. Love everything about it. No flaws. Everything works. Easy 10. And surprising to me, it's only been featured 707 times in concert. It puts it yes. 13th. Way too low. Way, Way too, too, low. too low, man. <laughs> and interesting fact about this one, it became the band's third single from the album when it was released as a single in 89. As the band and glam metal was at its peak popularity at this time, the song quickly climbed to the number one position on the Billboard Hot 100, becoming their fourth and final number one single. So it says there's, this was their final number one single. So that was kind of interesting to learn. So. Right. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. that's from Wikipedia. <clears throat> I see citations needed all the time on Wikipedia, so who knows? But Oh, you mean um, that's not true? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I read on Wikipedia. So blame them if it's not true. Ah, no, dude, it's, it's all good. So what I, what we're saying is you think it's a ten, okay? We're in, hey, right. man, John sounds like an absolute stud in that song. I'm telling you what, Anthony, you uh, said uh, at the end of the last episode we did that there was a song on this album that's pure sex. Is this the one you were referring? I to? I think it was or, this one I was thinking of at the time. It could have been Living in Sin. I it could have been Living I, in Sin. I wasn't sin sure too. which one you meant, but uh, I think it's this. That's one a little because, more sexually oriented, as well. But I think this is, one but, because uh, basically you're getting laid when you play this song. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? You play this to a girl, you sing this to a girl, you, you pretty much, you get in the green light. So I can pretty much say that did not happen to me when I was in high school. But nonetheless, never, nonetheless. I stood on the wall at all the high school dances. What do I know? I watched Jimmy chase the girls. So. Yeah, it was Jimmy's jam, wasn't it, man? It was. He was playing my this. jam. We're sitting there crying. Breaking it down. <laughs> Just, I was doing the Carlton back exactly. before it was the Carlton. I'm telling you what, man. Oh, my God. My dancing skills are certainly not to be in question tonight. Nonetheless. <laughs> all right, guys. I'll be there for you. Man, I tell you what. It takes me back. We all laughing. I take me back to high school prom. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> you know, and y'all, I just, obviously this song is, is fantastic. I mean, 
This is the song that you play to please the females in the crowd. And I'm surprised it hasn't been played more in concert either. I mean, I, I, I it's, couldn't yeah. believe set, that, to be honest set with you. Setlist FM from the 80s. I mean, uh, you, you know what? It's probably semi-close, though. Because, pretty sim- yeah, pretty yeah I think it's going to be close. They're not one of those bands that had a lot of stuff that would have been obscure or, or missed easily. True. Because they were, they were huge at this point in time, too. So, yeah. you know, this is one of the biggest bands in, in hair back then, especially on radio play. But nonetheless, I'm going to tell you what. This is the song to listen to in headphones, not because it's sappy and it's, you know, ballady, but this is where you can hear some incredible vocal harmonies going on. Richie Sambora, hands down, may be one of the best backing yes. vocalists out there for still John Bon Jovi. Again, Jimmy. Dude, still I, I can't again, help man. it. I, I simply can't <laughs> help it. This is a perfect harmony song. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of these big sappy love songs by no means of the word. But this is one of the best musically and lyrically that Bon Jovi has ever written. It's iconic from start to finish. It's a 10. Chris, what are your thoughts of I'll Be There For You? And you're welcome. I took your notes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. you guys have said everything that I have written down here. I will say that I am shocked that that has that many low. I mean, Bad Medicine's number four all the time. This, uh, uh, this song is so much better than Bad Medicine. Yeah, it I, should I be agree. in the top five. It really I should. I agree 100%. Uh, and yeah, Sam Bora's background vocal was that it. Woman, you know my hands are dirty. And we're sitting there just like screaming at the top of our lungs on our cars when we hear that, you know. I mean, it's just so good. I, here I wrote, this chorus is seared into every teenage boy's brain from high school dances. I mean, I mean it's just it's an easy 10, guys. I mean, this you'd have to check your yeah, – check your have to, I don't know. If somebody gave this something other than a 10, they'd be off the podcast as far as I'm concerned. This is <laughs> this I'm is glad I didn't go with my original score. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. All right. So we're down to track number 11. It's called 99 in the Shade. Chris, a little listen. Somebody likes this song. It's a great song. Oh my god! Take that one, man. Okay, I have a feeling You're I'm just a hater. Jimmy. I'm going to be You're the hater of a man. terrible that's sandwich awesome. in a minute. <laughs> Get ready. All right, Anthony, go ahead and guzz all over this one. Nine out of shade. Guzz all over, man. I mean, it's it's not. I am. I love this song. Man. Some of the other ones, but uh, this is another one of those Rusty Springsteen and Bon Jovi crossing paths. Yep, this song. He's got a couple of songs like Rosalita that comes out uh, is a good one. And another one, I forgot the name of it, Sandy, 4th of July is another one by him. It reminds me of this one. But um, yeah, after I wrote that, you know, I'm digging this one, man. It works for me. I don't have a lot to say about it. I gave it a 7.5. You know, it's a pretty good one, man. I probably should have gone way too low, Anthony, way too low. So, you know, it's only played 13 times in concert, so maybe they're on to the same thing I'm on. So, nah, you know, nah. It sounds like Chris may be able to level this out. <laughs> 7.5. So. 7.5. Probably should have gone to 8. Allow like me to continue. Clip some more, so. believe it I'm disappointed in you, Anthony. I figured you'd give this a high score. It's got that beach vibe oh to it, man. God. I can't believe you're just giving this that, that lowest score. Yeah, well, I keep thinking I'm not featured on the Songlines podcast at some point in time. So, and you're giving yeah, it, you what should, was your score you again? Seven so, and a half. You know what? I'll go to eight. Oh God, come on, man. Eight. give it a nine, dude. Come on. I'm going to eight. I'm going to eight. I'm going to eight. I'll go to eight. That is now. the bourbon right, talking. Oh that my is God. the bourbon. I'm on my second crown and coke. Here, so I'm going to keep it real here. Here we go. 
So ninety nine <laughs> is shade to me. It's this is this is where I think that we've got a little bit of something called filler. <laughs> no, nope. it is a rocking song. I will give them credit. However, I think uh, I think that this is lyrically retarded uh, or <laughs> lyrically challenged. <laughs> got lyrically a party in my better. pocket. Hence my name tonight. Hey, you know I just got paid. The guitar, the guitar solo, is honestly the only reason I'm going to give this the score that it's getting. I, I find nothing pleasurable about this song. I would not see. Come on, Jimmy, it ain't that bad. I would man. not seek this out. And honestly, it, I can see where I've probably skipped this a lot in the past. However, I'm going to give it credit. Because of the guitar solo, it still makes it good because it's something that rocks you along. And it is memorable. Obviously, Chris, you guys are singing lyrics right along with it. I uh, I think it's good. I just don't think it's anything better than good. You guys are glowing on this song, and I'm actually shocked because <laughs> you're rating this as high as some of the other great Bon Jovi songs that we did from Slippery When Wet. This is nowhere, nowhere near Slippery When Wet material. But nonetheless, I digress. Chris, go ahead. Take over, please. What'd okay, you give it well, to me? Yeah, I never I heard it. I gave it a six, guys. A six. For those listening at home, I said it's good. That's way Six is good. That's not 99 in the shade at all, man. I'm going to have to update this There's not going to be any nines on this part of the album. All right, well, okay, here's my thought on this song. I think it's the sleeper of the album. I love this song. It reminds me of driving down the beach in a convertible, cranking this back in the 80s. I love it, man. I really do. I think it's it's a catchy song. I can sing it along to it. I mean, look, I had this album, you know, when it came out, so I knew this <laughs> this song. It's one of my favorites on the back half of this album. I think it's it's buried in a bad place on the album. I give it a nine. I think it's excellent. I don't care what you say. All right, dude. I'm glad you got one you like. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm I okay really with do. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you. I brought Anthony, it up look, Jimmy's a lost cause. Anthony, listen to this a few more times. Oh, You're gonna, it'll grow on you. I swear I it will, man. I know. I'm I sure it is a grower. Eight. It's just not for me, man. I, I don't I don't know. I just I, don't know about it. But hey, it's okay. We're all entitled <laughs> to like things that nobody else may like. And you trying to bump up Anthony's score is killing me, dude. You're just killing me. <laughs> because you find it an excellent song doesn't mean we all have to. Fair I, enough, fair I think enough. it's a damn album filler, but you know, it's just me. All right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Last track on this record. No, it's no, called no, the, <laughs> like, you, Stick to Your Guns is an album filler. This is not an I, album filler. The parent is talking over here. <laughs> Since your kids don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's track number 12. It's called Love for Sale. Chris, a little listen. about love for sale uh you know i'm kind of digging it man it's it's not a strong closer though i think 99 the shade would have been a, a better closer agree 100 percent. <laughs> and as much as i enjoy this song probably could have dropped it or kept it as a b-side uh, it doesn't really fit the album but it's fun to listen to i do enjoy the banter between john and richie um i'm putting a 6.5 on it man it's good but uh, you know but 115 times in concert so it must be another one of those acoustic little things they do together at some point in time. So, 
Yeah, I put it fifty eighth all time. So it kind of surprised. That me. is that is surprising. Freaking incredible! I'll just be honest with you. It oh probably would God. sound pretty good as a little acoustic set in the middle of a concert, though, I would think. I'm so. just going to say this ahead of time. I got a bad feeling Jimmy's going to steal my notes on this one, too, but go ahead. <laughs> Chris, do you want to go ahead and go first and let me do it last? I mean, yes. God. Can I go first on this Yes, one? go ahead, and okay. I'll finish this off with a blank. Which bang. Okay, well, first off, I have something to say. I, I have we kind of talked over these guys. Uh, every, every week, I'm going to do something called Chris's Flush of the Week, which is the worst song on each album. I'm going to play this sound. Chris's Flush of the Week. Okay. And, and that that shows everybody, okay, this is the worst, my lowest rated song of the night, which this is. Uh, so, all that aside, do you guys remember when we did the Van Halen deep dives back in the day? And I'm afraid Jimmy's going to take this thunder away from me. So, I was going to say, that every so often, they'd have like a really bad song that they'd close an album with. It's exactly what this reminded me of. This felt just like... There was one, I can't remember if it was on, uh, gosh, what was it? Was it on 5150 or, or maybe? Uh, uh, 5150 uh, is Inside, it kicks ass. No, okay, well, Power and Cake, what's the album of that? I can't remember. Uh, oh, For Unlawful. Yeah, unlawful. <laughs> that album. There was, somewhere in there, there were a couple of really bad closers. This reminds me so much of that. They're just kind of trying something new, throwing something against the wall, and it did not stick, and for whatever reason, they left it on the album. That's what this is. Worst song of the night, I gave it a five. I think it's meh, and it probably should have been a four, but I was generous. I don't think it should be that low, man. It's a little catchy, at least. <clears throat> Jimmy does Allow me to finish his... Were, were you going to bring the Van Halen thing up? Because I, I, I was not going to bring the Van okay. Halen up, but I am going to bring up something at the end of this. All right, okay. so love for sale to me. I get it, guys. It sounds like they're trying to have some fun and finish this record up, and, and, I, and I appreciate that, but... They really should have left this one off. I think this is absolute. This is truly uh, four minutes of filler that this album could have been 50 minutes. Honestly, this album should have been about 45 minutes long. They could have gotten rid of two, maybe three songs, and made this a stellar, stellar record instead of trying to fill the CD, if you will. Um, I think it could have been a, a great B-side, possibly a bonus track on a reissue. I am giving this, and I quote my writings, a merciful five it's mad. <laughs> I almost gave us a four. I thought this was disappointing to end a record by Bon Jovi because this is not how they end Slippery When Wet. So, nonetheless. I don't know who sang it. Was that it John is. singing? That was both of it. it like I think John it's both of them did. singing. They're just Man. singing in like a different key. It's like the story. You can't even tell it's them. I mean, it's crazy. Well, you know, it is what it is. It, maybe they, they pull one of the guys up and let him sing or something. This is what, this what a, <laughs> I don't know what the history of this is, dude. It could have been these guys were celebrating. They finished recording the record. They got together. Like, you know what? Screw this. Let's, let's drink some beers. Let's play something. And they recorded. They're like, you know what? Throw it on there. Why not? That might have been what happened. And if that is truly what happened, awesome. it should have been labeled as a bonus track or a hidden track, period. That way nobody could look at it and go, they wrote yeah. this? Oh, my God. This is terrible. But <laughs> that's just how I feel. All right. Now it's time for the overall thoughts on this record. Anthony, what do you think about New Jersey? Not the state, uh, the record. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been in New Jersey, I don't think. But uh, statistical rating, 8.6. But I'm going to round it up to a 9 because it's an excellent album from start to finish. Um, I can't recommend it enough. And here's some information from Wikipedia about it. Um, New Jersey. Um, you guys go ahead. You get your mulligan in a minute. <laughs> Chris is half drunk over there. We don't even know what Jimmy is, but anyways. <laughs> oh my god! So, hey, anyway. dude, rock and roll, son. Let it hey, go. North, North just legalized the green up here. Who knows what he's doing over there, man? So, anyways, they haven't legalized <laughs> it down here yet in the Carolinas. But, uh, anyways, let me finish up what I was saying. Um, New Jersey produced five Billboard Hot 100 top ten hits, the most top ten hits to date for any glam metal or hard rock album, including Bad Medicine and I'll Be There For You, which both reached number one. The album was certified seven times platinum by the recording industry. The album also debuted at number one in the UK and was the band's first UK number one album. And here's a cool fact. New Jersey was released by the Soviet state-owned record label, Maladia, being the first American album to be officially released in the USSR. That's interesting. Oh, wow. That's all from Wikipedia. Again, take it with the Wikipedia grain of salt. That could be true, man. I I don't see. That sounds feasible, to be honest with you. Well, 
We were patching up with Russia at the time. The Russians the love 99 The Shade. Let me just tell you, man. That's a big hit over there. Yeah. Cause it's Especially when we are in Siberia, man. That's what you want to <laughs> exactly. hear. Exactly. Those guys are freezing their ass off, man. They want some, some <laughs> heat coming in, you know? Clear. Right yeah. on a snowmobile listening to 99 The Shade, I'm sure, man. <laughs> All right. So you pushed this up to a nine, did you? Uh, it's an excellent album, man. It's, it's got a great songs on it. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I don't think it's iconic, but I do think it's an excellent album. All right. No, that's fair enough. I, um... I don't see it that good. However, I do see it as a as a pretty darn good album. 1988. I think of this record as high school rock. It is certainly glam. Probably some of the top glam there is. My overall score actually came out to be a 7.63. And I'm going to tell you where I'm going to stand on that in just a second. Um, this is my final thought. I think coming off that high that was slippery when wet, That this is a tough follow-up. One of the greatest, if not the best, from that era to come out was Slippery When Wet. Let's face it, that album was full of hits, and it was really, really, really a great record. Iconic, if you will. I know our scores didn't go to 10 at that time as far as when we Probably did the sure. rating and we did the – but it's a it's a really, really great album. I mean, it's, it's just killer. Um, I do – I hear some recycled riffs from Slippery When Wet on this record, which brings it down a little bit to me. Um, I tell you what, you take off three songs off this record, you make this a nine-song record, and you're going to be able to compete with Slippery and Wet. All you have to do is get rid of, what is it, Homebound Train, Ride, Cowboy Ride, and Love for Sale. That's nine songs that would have been outstanding. And when we'd, if we'd have done that, I'd have been like at 8.8. Think about that, guys. So I would have been closer. I mean, 8.3, sorry. But I would have been closer to that 8.5. I think this record is a solid 8. And that's where I'm going to stand on. I, th- I think it's it's worthy of listening to, but it's got the weakest second half of any record that we've listened to probably since we've done the podcast. Just my opinion. Chris, what do you think about the overall this record? Well, I have to admit something to you guys. that I'm, I don't think I've ever told you guys this before. Uh, this is the first, Bon Jovi fan. <laughs> this is the first CD I ever owned. What? Was what? It? it was. Uh, wow. Christmas of 1988. Uh, my parents bought me a... CD player from Sears and Roebuck back in the day. <laughs> and there were two CDs that came along with it, and this was one of the two. Now, I'm not going to tell you the other. I, I was, uh, I'm going to actually save the other for our next review when I get to pick, and I'll let you know what that was then. But, uh, yeah, this was one of the two. So there's a lot of nostalgia about, behind this, and I can remember playing this a lot back in the day. This was one of the first CDs I ever had, you know, so it was it was great. Uh Overall, there there are some great songs on this album, guys. I mean, you got "Lay Your Hands," "Bad Medicine," "I'll Be There for You." I mean, these are these are all iconic songs. And, and then on top of that, you got "Born to Be My Baby" and "Blood on Blood." And for me, "99 The Shade." Those were all nine plus. I mean, so that's six songs right there out of twelve that are really highly rated. And yeah, there is some filler in this album, but overall, I think it's a really good album. Uh, you know, I'm my overall was eight point two, but I'm raising that. To, I'm bumping that to eight and a half because the those six songs to me, yeah, I agree. They should have cut a couple songs off. I don't agree with you guys. I, I I really did like Ride a Cowboy Ride. If they would have like made that something you could listen to and sound really good, that would have been something. I mean, I don't know why they felt the need to like lo-fi that song because they shouldn't have. I mean, if you just listen to it for what it is, it's really good, but it's hard to listen to. So whatever. Uh, but overall, yeah, I'm going to give this an eight and a half because I think it, it's between somewhere between great and excellent. So. And That's I don't fantastic. think it's slippery when wet. I will agree with that. And I don't even remember what I gave slippery when wet. I mean, I know it blew poison out of the water when we. No, it, it was higher than that. I know it blew poison out of the water when we did that. But uh, it's a really good follow up to slippery when wet. I think, and they did recycle some stuff. But you know what? It, it just is what it is. is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. No, no. Overall, great listen, fun listen. Um, you know, had highlights. It had some lowlights for me, and you know, I'm glad we put. The, I'm, I'm glad we did this one because we did do "Slippery When Wet," and this is a it's a great album. It should not be missed by anybody. So, as we're going to wrap this thing up, Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Uh, song lines and tan lines can be dropping "Island" this week from Buffett. So, that song, I always like that song. So, good one. Well, before we do that, Jimmy, you. You have some more oh, yeah. business to attend to here. So, so guys, <clears throat> my pick is not going to come from the 80s. It's going to come from the 90s. It's going to be a little release from 1992. Our next podcast, we're going to be reviewing the classic album, 
Jackal by Jackal. Oh, my God. Are you really doing that? Yes. scared me, man. I thought you were going to punish. I'm going to punish you all by making you listen to Little Jackal. Actually, Jackal's great, guys. I think, Anthony, you may not be as familiar, but I think you're going to dig it. I know you've heard a couple of tunes. I think you're going to get into it. Chris, I know you've heard most of this crap. Uh, It's great. I I will give, I, I have to say, those guys, we saw them in concert. They absolutely saved the day the night we saw them in concert. They were opening for Poison. And I think it was an extreme, maybe. Somebody was supposed to be there that wasn't. And Jackal played a whole set. And honestly, they blew Poison off the stage. They really they, did. I will admit uh, that is a true statement. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I have so much respect for those guys. I'm not joking. Anthony, they, they killed it in concert. Did. They really it. did. So, yeah, I'm it'll game. Be, it'll be a fun listen. And you know what? Another thing is I got a little, little thoughts behind that. You know, Jesse James Dupree, I was able to talk to him on the radio one time. So that I remember that. I heard that. That, that yes. is great, dude. That was a great, great feeling. So I was talking yes. to Eddie Trunk and him at the same time. Yes. And I'm going to obviously bring that up next week as well. So I hope you can pull the or, clip. Maybe we can play it on the, dang, on the episode. I, I'd like to find that, dude. That was years ago, wasn't it? Like two yeah. or three years ago? I, I can't even remember. Yeah. But yeah, I'll have to find that. That would be hilarious. God, if we pull that clip. <laughs> I hope she's not listening, is all I'm going to say. Nonetheless, all right. We, we can pull her on the podcast, too. Yeah, the girl that's what she's doing. There. Oh, my God. Yes. All right, boys, <laughs> let's call it a night. It's been a fun one. I've enjoyed reminiscing with you all with this classic Bon Jovi record. For Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. <laughs> this is Chris. This is and this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review the self-titled debut album from Jacker. We'll see you then.